0: If you like our podcast, make sure you subscribe, rate, and And review. Yes, and share it with your friends, please. Thanks for listening. Hello,
1: everybody. Welcome back to Super Chat Podcast with Kat and Nakia. Continuing our empowerment uh, month. Yes. Well, more than a month, I guess. Yes. Um, We have an amazing young man um, that I was fortunate enough to meet at a convention. Um, I was a huge fan of him. We we
0: did we very much started. so I mean,
1: how adorable. Very much so.
0: <laughs> I watched all of Stuart Little's, I've seen so many of um Jonathan's movies. Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. our kids grew up with him. My kids thought it was very I was very cool because I got <laughs> to talk to him. Um, but he's agreed to come on our show today, and um he has so much um wisdom for his young age and um and just very inspiring a man. So we would like to welcome Jonathan, Jonathan Livneggy thank you so much for having me thank you thank you yeah we we were like looking at all of our guests for the for this season and we were like we don't have any men yes yeah (laughs) yeah yeah so we wanted to have someone a mailman a mailman a mailman a mail yeah Yeah, uh, a uh, mail sure (laughs) we'll we'll roll with that
0: Ozzy okay (laughs) you have had, had an extraordinary career just you know you you have done work that Adults wish that they have, you know, were a part of and Mm. worked with people that, you know, others would dream to work with. Yeah. Um, Could you tell us how you got your start in acting and what? Yeah, so I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, and what age you are.
2: Okay. Um, I was, uh, so proudly, I would say four and three quarters at the time. I was like a oh, four and three. So, uh, I, it was starting with the local acting class. My sister, my older sister was taking an acting class to reconnect to, with a friend. They no longer went to the same school. They're in a different school district, although they lived somewhat close. And my mom and her, uh, my mom and, and, and the little girl's mom, uh, you know, thought it would be good for their two daughters to reconnect in that way. And, you know, acting has so many positive things when it comes to, you know, coming out of your shell at a young age. Um, so they tried this class. And I think sometimes you kind of want to do what your older sibling's doing, you know, as, as a kid. And so I saw that she'd go into this room, she would come out and have a great time, you know, be so happy. And I wanted to do what my sister did. And at the time, uh, unbeknownst to my mom, that the other mother had told the acting coach about me and said, you got to meet her son. He's like, he has so much charisma for his age. I think he should try this. And so between her and the teacher, they kind of convinced my mom that I wasn't too young to try this. And I tried this class and I really liked it. And I told my mom, I wanted to, um, we practiced auditions in the class. And I told my mom, I want to like do it for real. And my parents were kind of against it at first because you know my mom grew up in LA And my dad, uh, my dad uh, is definitely a very pragmatic guy. And they thought, oh, no, like the child actor thing, we want him to be just, you know, completely normal. And it's also a huge, like, time commitment. And um, I pushed kind of so hard that they were like, you know, at a certain point, we can't support our, we can't not support our kids, you know, hopes and dreams. So, like, we'll try it for a little while and see what happens. I booked, I think, two commercials. And then I auditioned for this movie called Jerry Maguire. It was like a big casting call. And um, they cast another kid. They shot two weeks with him. And uh, you know they uh, ended up going and recasting the kid and they wouldn't see me because I was on a list of people that had already been seen, but I was seen by like an associate, not the actual casting director. And um, my agent, who was the head of a children's agency, Said, don't see any of our other kids. See this guy. I have who you want sitting in my office. I stake my reputation as an agent on it. And they were like, fine. So I went and I read for the actual casting director. And after I finished reading, she said, how would you like to go meet Tom Cruise right now and fly to Arizona? And I was like, Maverick? Like, yeah, I want to meet Maverick from Top Gun. Uh, So me and my mom and uh, my dad, we flew to Arizona. Uh, they brought us over to Tom's trailer. I sat in his trailer and waited for him. And uh, when he would be off set to read with him and Cameron, and I got a little like nervous while I was there. So me and my dad went for a walk and left my mom in the trailer and Tom <laughs> came back and I wasn't there. And he opens the door. And he goes, hi, I'm Tom. And my mom's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> and my mom was like, I can't believe like you guys left. me alone with Tom Cruise like she was freaking out she was like you know she's like he's awesome he's better looking in person you know and uh and so then I came back and I read um a few scenes with him and he was pretty ecstatic and he's like I think my my choice here is clear but I'll leave it up to Cameron and he left and then I ended up getting the part and doing the movie you guys had amazing
1: chemistry you and him in that movie it was amazing yeah
2: you know, I really, I'm uh, very fortunate that the, the first people I worked with were like him and Renee, you know, um, and everybody on that. Because the, all the adults on that set were very um, good people who were very uh, good to people on the set and good to everybody. And Tom Cruise is still the type of guy who always hangs his wardrobe after, no matter how long the, the you know the day is. He cares about crew, and I think that's such an important thing. Especially, it's been in the news lately. You know, the, the, the crews don't get treated, you know, fairly. Yeah.
1: yeah, and
2: I think that it's nice that my first experiences with were with ultra polite professionals. Mm. Um, and so I really credit that. You know, uh, the environment I learned in it, it was really great.
0: Yeah, I, I want to go back to your your audition process. That was a huge movie did yeah. they do an open casting call for, or was it just to agencies? Was it an open casting call for
2: the, for I'm the- not sure if it was open, but I do know that like, it was so big. Like I know a kid I went to high school read for it, you know, like who actually got pretty far. Uh, and so he always kids around with me. He's like, could have been me, bro. <laughs> you know, uh, he's one of my friends now. Uh, but I know it was a very large call because especially with kids, it's like, you know, it's hard to find people at that age who, can kind of you know do that um but at the same time when you do that's why we have so many wonderful kid actors is because they're so natural and it's like as as an adult i'm trying to get back to that place always where i'm like i can just believe and play and have that childlike curiosity yeah. you know and so i think when you really do find those actors look at stranger's Things. you know all those kids are so talented all the you know and now we've seen them grow up on screen They've all done a beautiful job on that show. Um, I think it's like when you really find kid actors who who play and are kids, then it's a beautiful thing to watch because the acting is great.
1: Yeah, they're just so present, and we do yeah. as we get older, we become self conscious and yeah. judging ourselves. But children just yeah. completely submit to. To the belief of yeah. what's happening it's really cool, exactly. You, you definitely did that, you won all of our hearts.
0: It was oh, just... I wanted to kiss you in every single movie. I <laughs> want to uh, thank you, you
1: up,
0: <laughs> snuggle you, and just it's just so adorable. And you're still adorable, yes. Jonathan. You're thank you, adorable. thank you. Yes, yeah, so he is extra adorable in person. Oh, <laughs> uh, so oh, go on. No, go ahead. So, you, did, you didn't know that you wanted to be an actor necessarily, you saw your sister and yeah. playing so before that I mean I know you were only four did you think mm-hmm. that you could possibly do something else did was there something else that you thought that you might do outside of acting
2: yeah um I was really into like playing sports you know like any other kid I never really was one of those kids because I like, can meet a lot of kids who are like I want to be in the movies I want to be a star you know <laughs> I was never one of those kids up until you know that really that point and even after that I was kind of shy in certain circumstances um I, even when I was acting as a kid, I was like, I want to be a scientist as well. That was like a phase I went through. Uh, (laughs) I think there's an interview where I'm like, I'm a scientist or something (laughs) that I saw and I was like, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, I never really was like one of those, you know, and even going through having a career, I, people are always like, you know, my parents were always open to me doing other things. I never felt pressured. My parents always told me after every job, are you happy? If you're not happy you don't have to do this anymore and i think that was really important my parents did a lot very 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 right you know and i have to give them a lot of credit for that um and uh i ha- and i have i i tell them all the time i'm grateful that they're you know my parents but I, I i don't know like i thought about it and then there was a huge part of me that thought about that more later on you know like going through high school graduating and being like you know is there anything else i want to do and outside of Acting like filmmaking, but not really. I don't have that desire for anything else except for martial arts, and I don't want to get punched in the face for a living. You know, so oh, you know, you ruin that face. Yeah, so you know, and I love it. Like I go Jiu Jitsu. I love, like I would maybe you know, if if if, I, if acting was completely off the table, maybe I would teach Brazilian jiu-jitsu because I love it. But that sort of passion, uh, heart beating, falling in love. I haven't felt that outside of acting.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. So when you, between jobs, um, between acting jobs, were you going to school or did you homeschool? Did your parents homeschool you? How did that all kind of play out for you?
2: Public school, which I think was another great decision. I went to uh, uh, White Oak Elementary in Westlake Village Mm -hmm. and then um, Lindero Canyon Middle School in Agora Hills and then Agora High. And so I was like, I would miss a lot of school, but because they would send the, the schoolwork from the school to uh, the studio teacher, and I got to a point in my career where I could pick what studio teacher I had. My education, I think, was excellent as a kid, right? Because I got to zoom through all the things that I I I, I was good at. So you know, uh, reading English, uh, history, everything pretty much except for math. Uh, you know, I was pretty decent at math. I was terrible. So we'd take a long time on math. you
1: were a scientist, how could you I know, be, bad how I be
2: bad at math? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I had a lab assistant did do the, <laughs> the write up, but uh, I was not good with math. So there was, you know, I think that I got to really get a great experience because I would spend so much time on the things I wasn't good at, and I'd get to, you know, spend less time on the things I was not, that I was great, uh, great at. And by the time I came back to school, between each job, I'd be like two weeks ahead of them and I would just hang out for like two weeks, you know, it'd be pretty awesome. And I think it was great because through thick, thick and thin, you know, I had good experiences going to public school as well. as horrible ones. It taught me a lot about uh, dealing with problems, you know, um, and dealing with, with stuff that, you know, I mean, that, uh, that, that that's important. Like, you know, not caring about what people think about you, which is something I still battle with. Uh, yeah. but, you know, I think that it presented a lot of, uh, adversity to overcome as far as like socially, you know, and I think it was really important. I think it was also important that most of my friends growing up were not actors.
1: Right. Did, did the kids treat you differently? Cause obviously when you started elementary school, you were always already famous. You were already known. So, um, how was that for you? Were you aware of that when you first started school or did you, um, did that kind of evolve as it went on or?
2: Yeah, I think I'd done before Jerry Maguire came out. I think I'd done maybe maybe kindergarten because I know when I was filming, I was still in preschool because I wore the wedding suit from Jerry Maguire to my preschool graduation.
1: Oh, so, so cute! <laughs> yeah,
2: so I uh, I don't really think I've ever lived. This could sound weird, but I don't think I've ever really lived my life like completely, completely like a hundred percent like normal, normal. I mean, the yeah. closest thing I probably have is, is now, and that's, you know, still, still hit or miss on the normal spectrum, you know, uh, but it, it was more mild than elementary school. Cause I think kids are really just not really focused on that. And so like, it was, it was cool. Uh, made a lot of friends. I did like elementary school. There'd be, you know, things here and there with kids with T's or whatever, but nothing major middle school is awful. Yeah. It's awful. It, kids aren't the worst. I think that people always make like High school movies, right? And like the high school is like the bullies. And I think middle school is way worse because kids are just at a terrible
1: age. Yes, I was talking to you about that. My my, son, it's like, it's such a difficult time because not only are you trying to like work out who you are and and find your own identity. You're dealing with all these kids that are going through the same thing and the judgments and the friends and then girls and boys, like romantic feelings
0: start to come into play. It's just a mess. It's a hot mess. I would think you being an actor, being on screen, that in middle school and maybe even in elementary school as well, you had girls that were like, oh, but then you had the guys that were, jealous, jealous, of course. upset. And mm-hmm. so from, from the jealousy would come, you know, those negative comments and mm-hmm. the bullying and things like that. Did you experience that in middle school or high school? Well, you know, I, uh,
2: I, I never really had the girls going crazy for me in in middle or high school, to be honest. <laughs> really? Uh, so, but I mean, that's really favorable that you think that that's really cool. You think that would happen to me. <laughs>
0: Um, but no, uh, Jonathan, I have to yeah, say yeah. this. You, they may not have done it vocally to you, but I can 100% guarantee behind the scenes, girls were like, oh my gosh, that's Jonathan Lipnicki. I guarantee you because I'm a female and all, all females don't necessarily come up and, and they're in your face, but you were talked about. Yeah. You were absolutely. Okay. Talked about.
2: Okay. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I didn't really know uh but you know because because I think like the girls I liked never like it's always like that though it's like whoever you like and I mean even as an adult it's like you some people like you and it's like ah but that's not a match for me and then you like someone and you're not a match for them so uh I I don't know but definitely like bullying came into play in middle school where um I was really into um so I had kind of like the biggest I would say kind of summer of my career before I went into middle school. I had Stuart Little 2 and Like Mike come out with it a few months of each other. and Both did pretty well. And um, I traveled Europe with, with Bow Wow and he was my good friend at the time. Um, weirdly, I talked to him last week for the first time in like years. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but he was, you know, he was great to hang out with. So me and him and my sister and my mom and his mom, we went all around Europe promoting the movie during the summer and it was, one of the best times of my life. It was amazing. It was so fun. And so I'm coming off this ultimate high of like hanging out with Bow Wow all the time. It was, you know, huge at the time. And I'm like, that's my friend, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and, you know, playing basketball and promoting the movie. And like, you know, when you, when you travel with Bow Wow at that time, it was screaming girls everywhere, climbing fences, you know, his bodyguard with him. Like it was insanity. You know, he was like, his own, his own backstreet boy, you know, it was like, he was like, it was crazy. I'd never seen anything like it. And so, you know, I'm coming off this ultimate high and I come into middle school wanting to make friends. So I very much had developed my uh, bow out. Wow, I was like, a, he was like my, kind of my hero too. Cause an older brother, cause he was, you know, a little older than me. So I kind of developed my style around his uh, and I was super into basketball. So I came into middle school where it's cool to be like a skater, you know, and I had been a skater at one point, but I was really into basketball. And I'm wearing like oversized jerseys, and like I'm really into it. Like the jerseys now fit me, so imagine, like you know, so like My I'm like little and oversized, everyone's, like, and everyone's like, he thinks he's cooler than everyone, and and also a bunch of middle school, a bunch of elementary schools fed into that middle school. So I went to this, you know, first it was like curiosity. Um, everyone's like, oh, like Stuart Little, that's crazy, you know and it was a lot to deal with but it wasn't ultimately very negative negative. and so but the school was like what is going on because they saw just a crowd and they thought there was like a fight so then they brought me into the middle it didn't really die down for a while so they brought me into the principal's office and they're like we want to sit you next to the peanut free kid you know the kid who's allergic to peanuts all the way over there and I'm like I don't think that's going to help this situation at all. If you isolate me, I think that's a really dumb idea. Like I knew that as a kid and, and so I was like, I think it will just die down. But when it did die down, it ultimately turned to, I don't know if it's jealous. Everyone always says like, Oh, it's because they don't feel very good about themselves. I think that's true. I think that people are very, you know, such a weird age and everyone's uncomfortable with themselves, but it ultimately turned to people just constantly making fun of me, you know? And it was the point where like I had, panic because i was having panic attacks every day anyway because i had i had a really bad anxiety disorder that is still in me but it wasn't you know it's hard to reason and, and be logical when you're younger as much as it is now where i can kind of talk myself through things but i'm dealing with that and i'm also dealing with the anxiety of like what am i going to have made fun of for today you know who's going to try to do something so i had definitely like panic attacks before every night of school. I'm like, ah, oh, I have to deal with this again every day. And so um, that eventually kind of, I think towards eighth grade, it kind of died down. I think people kind of like focused on other things, <laughs> except for me, you know, uh, you know, you know, focused on those things in me. Then I got into high school and I played water polo and I had like my crew of water polo people. Like, yeah, there's still people tease me here and there, but really like nothing major. And then, um, you know, people talk shit, I got my car keyed a bunch of times, but, like, it wasn't that bad, you know, compared to middle school, like, getting my car keyed was, like, nothing, because I had, like, a Ford, you know, a Ford-wheeling kind of car that to, Toyota FJ Cruiser, you know, it wasn't, like, a stunting on them in a Beamer, like, I don't know why they Fine. keyed my car, but, like, and it was, like, an off-roading car, so I was, like, I don't really care if it got scratches on it, but, like, I, uh, I, middle, I, um, high school wasn't that bad, I just kind of knew, kind of from middle school on I, I tried to be really present but at the same time I knew the better stuff was coming for me later
0: how
1: did your parents kind of help you through that time Jonathan did you do counseling were you were you uh, you know how did you kind of cope with that and move forward
2: when you were still uh, my parents are very different um ultimately you know I think that's why they're not together anymore my dad survived uh, or my dad was born a refugee, he camped out World War II he's older and so my dad very hardened about a lot of things um so he was like it's good to kind of have both sides where my mom was kind of like emotional and like accepting and my dad would tell me to like stop complaining when I needed it and so I I, both of them I kind of got the full spectrum of parenting which I think is really good I got kind of the guy who's like you know sack up and then I got my mom who's like very emotional but also had that my mom would have that side and be like you know sack up as well so you know it I think I got a really good um well-rounded parenting with that but also like you know i saw a therapist um because of the anxiety like my anxiety was so bad i would rub my hands together constantly Mm -hmm. the point where they would like i got eczema all over my hands and they bleed and like i was just really struggling i thought i was gonna die every day of my life for like a three four maybe five year period like Mm -hmm. every day i had panic attacks it wasn't there was not a day i didn't have panic attacks the only time i didn't have panic attacks or when i was acting or playing basketball which i was really big into or some sort of sport. Other than that, my mind was racing.
1: Yeah, and you know. You know, speaking of that, like in this time that we're going through, I think anxiety disorders and mental disorders are, are are super prevalent in this time, and it's really important that people talk about it. And I appreciate you being so vulnerable and honest with us about that because we have a lot of uh, our audience and our fans that really struggle with with anxiety and social disorders, and um, and it's important to for people to hear it from people they look up to and admire that they're not alone, and we all go through yeah. our challenges you know and it's and
0: we have to share how we cope with these things and what we, we've done to help ourselves kind of so what it. exactly did you do to because I mean from a mom my my, yeah. my boys are eighteen and twenty one mm. and they have dealt with and they went to a private Christian school and also dealt with some bullying. Mm. Just my older mm. son dealt with some bullying. And as a mom, the way that I approach things um is <laughs> not always the the civil way. <laughs> yeah hey my mom got that way too I
2: understand I understand my mom my mom my mom definitely got that way too because you get you know lioness you know mama Mama you know where you're like you're like punch the kid in the face and now it it happens yeah yeah oh very much so very much my mom once my mom once told a little kid that she didn't care if I punched him in the face because (laughs) because we were just dropping me off at campus like I know what you did (laughs) <laughs> like, I don't care if he punches you in the face. He has full permission to. Go
1: to mom.
2: So I totally, you know, so my mom both had that sweet, and you you seem like you have the sweet side as well, but, you know, a kid messes with your kid. Like, there are some kids who yes. just mess with other kids yeah. because they just, there. there's something in them that's not right. good at that point, you know? Right,
0: right. right. Yes, uh, yes, Jonathan. There were moments, uh, your mom and I sound like we would be getting we yeah. on the same wavelength. Cause yeah. I'd be like, you need to go in there and knock a sucker out. That's what you need to yeah. do. Because when yeah. you knock a sucker out, they're gonna let you, they're gonna stop. Exactly. your lung Because you know, they're, they're gonna stop bothering you. But how, so you had anxiety every day, which oh, I just wish that I could give you a hug. How did you, but you still went. You yeah. still went to yeah. school. How, how? Like how, what drove you to continue for three to four years to continue as opposed to saying, mom, I want to be homeschooled. Yeah.
2: Uh, you know, we talked about private school. We talked about that, but I liked my friends ultimately. And I think also ultimately I've always had this feeling that I was meant for. And I think a lot of us have, this. not like me specifically, but I think the way my feeling, feeling this kind of like helped me was my therapist told me that I was mature for my age and that I was going to kind of find my, my rhythm after high school. And I'm like, great. You know, I'm sitting here now in middle school, um, but I. Uh,
0: Thanks for the advice. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah I, I don't know. I daydreamed a lot. I always think that I'm meant for something better. I hold myself to a really high standard. I think a lot of us do. And we don't know where to channel that, but I guess that like I it's good and bad because I wasn't sometimes I think present in the moment where like I'd be present in the moment for the major things, prom, water polo, like I had a great time, but I always knew that what I did as a kid and those things, that's great. But I always knew that I was meant for something something greater than being the coolest person in middle school or high school. I was like, I may not be cool right now, but one day I'm going to be really cool. And you're all going to have to watch me on TV, you know? <laughs> and I thought about that. And I thought, you know what? Like, So then it turned from me being this person who was, I made myself not a victim anymore. I first was like, oh, man, like I want to make friends with people. But then I started talking back to them. Good. I started being scrappy. You know, started and then they didn't like that because then like one kid I remember uh, kept calling me uh, a gay slur constantly in class, like in class. And the teacher didn't notice because he kept doing it like, you know, kids are sneaky. They can do it when teachers are like, you know, and then he finally said it one too many times. And like as a person who grew up with, you know, especially many LGBTQ people in my sphere, it was really insulting in that way because some of the most closest people to me um are you know um that that's going directly against them and also just like this dude just thought he could pick on me so I slammed him into the chop, chalkboard. I got up and I just slammed him into it and I held him by his um collar and I was like do you want me to punch you in the face? I will right now. I don't <laughs> care anymore. And you know what the te- the teacher really liked me he turned around he's like oh Jonathan just don't stoop down to his level. Just, just go back to your seat. <laughs> he was like, he was like, he knew the kid was an asshole. Right, like, yeah. so, sorry, I don't know if you're allowed. No, to say. you're just, fine. You're the, fine. Okay, he knew the kid was a jerk, and he's like, he's like, he said it's so calm. Uh, he was awesome, this teacher. So when he saw it, he's like ah, he knew I didn't start it. He's like ah, Jonathan, just, just don't steep down to his level. And then no, when the kid please. left, he's like, when, when the period was over, he's like, dude, like, just don't. He's like that kid's just an idiot. <laughs> and but. I did that and that gained some respect because at first the kids like me and my friends are gonna jump you. I'm like, it's Agora Hills? Like, you're not gonna jump me. Like, <laughs> come on, bro. Like,
1: <laughs> like I traveled a lot at that in, point. In I
2: traveled a lot at that point in my life. Like I'd seen great areas and not so great areas, and I had more of a perspective on the world. And I was like, This is Agora Hills, like you're not gonna jump me, <laughs> you know? And they didn't jump me and it, slowly it went away and like you know I think being scrappy and yelling at people yeah I had to have some altercations or whatever but nothing too crazy but like that kid it was a seminal moment because I finally just stood up for myself yeah I was talking to my friend my best friend growing up was in class with me and we laughed about it like two weeks ago we went to Santa Barbara and we were just skateboarding around I was like do you remember when I slammed that kid into a chalkboard <laughs> and he was like yeah I do and he's like and he deserved it you know and um you know, it's crazy because a lot of these people um, grew up to be nicer, um, nicer people. You know, like that kid I actually slammed into a chalkboard is no longer with us. Um, he died oh, recently um, of, uh, I think, a drug overdose. Um, mm-hmm. But he was like a really, you know, he, he in high school, he, he, you know, we grow out of these things. He was a really nice kid. Yeah. And he, then the kid who my mom said, hey, like my punch kid in, will the punch you in the face, if you pick on him anymore, that kid's one of my good friends
1: oh how funny you know he went he
2: channeled it into football and he became he went to He played into he ended up playing division one football it's amazing how many of these people I ended up being cool with and and um rest in peace to the to gentleman who um uh the chalkboard incident he ended up being a really cool dude yeah you know and I ended up um being friends with uh him and or like not you know super good friends but like friendly and I think that a lot of people, you also have to give credit, are going to grow out of being like a little jerk. Yeah. Some of them, you know, a lot of them realize it, you know, realize trying oh, to figure like,
1: themselves out. Everyone's trying to figure yeah. themselves out. Did you um, start jujitsu because of all of this? Is that what drove you to do martial arts or to be able to protect
0: yourself or? Not
2: really. You no. know, I, I started martial arts early because it was like a thing to do that. Like all kids were doing kind of like karate classes. You know, at a young age, I feel like you've probably gone through it being moms like, you know, kids will try. So I tried a martial art called uh, uh, ninjutsu and they had a ninjutsu, ninjutsu. They had a, a studio right by where I lived in Westlake Village, but the studio ended up closing. And one of the students there was getting into uh, boxing and personally, jiu-jitsu. And um, it was called NHB at the time. Now it's called MMA. And, uh, he fought over in Japan in pride, which is like, was the kind of precursor to like the UFC being a big thing. And he was happened to live the street down from me. And he was kind of like this big brother figure. I, I, I kind of desperately needed. And he taught me martial arts. He taught my mom Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. My mom actually has one cauliflower ear from <laughs> like wrestling. Wow. And, uh, yeah. So she did it for a long time. And, I did it for a few years, you know, and then I kind of, it kind of petered off and I ended up doing like all the normal childhood sports, um, you know, uh, basketball, baseball. And then I got to high school and I did water polo. And then I, um, one of my friends started doing jujitsu again in high school. And um, I was like, man, I really miss this. Cause we'd wrestle around and he'd beat me and I hated that. And uh, I started just taking the classes pretty, uh, occasionally while still doing water polo. And then I realized like, I really love this. And I, I hate quitting things. Like I never, I'm not a quitter. So like, it was hard for me to make the decision, but ultimately I was like, you know what? I'm going to have more fun doing jujitsu more full time and dedicating my time to that rather than water polo. So after my junior season of water polo, I, you know, started doing jujitsu more um, on a regular basis and did some competitions. And then that's just stayed with me throughout, you know, uh, my adult years and I still do it. I'm going to go tonight, you know, it's, it's been a really great thing for me physically, as well as mentally.
1: Yeah. Martial arts is an amazing thing for just giving you a center and a focus and
0: discipline like that. Um, Yeah. My son started, um, he had started MMA fighting and Mm -hmm. I was like, Lord Jesus, please don't let him get in the cage (laughs) and make it competitive. And he had one fight and um, it was very hard. You know, the, the mother bear lion is. And um, I, I p- kept praying and was like, Lord, please let him say, I will support him, whatever mm-hmm. he chose to do. And um, he won his first fight, but you know, they had the headgear and all of that stuff on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but hearing other people cheer against your son, like punch him in the face. no, like, punch him <laughs> like, in the face. <laughs> you're like right next to them. You're like, oh, oh, like he was really hard. <laughs> yeah, <there>. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you
2: know, it's it's interesting. It's fascinating when they if you watch the UFC when they cut the some moms sometimes. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I feel so bad for the moms that are like, uh, you know, see their son lose. There was a beautiful one with uh Tyron Woodley when he lost his championship to kamaro Usman. Mama Woodley was hugging Kamara and is like, Now it's your time and it was like such a beautiful oh, moment wow. where it was like such a respect between the the two athletes and their, and their parents. And I thought it was really, really cool.
0: Yeah. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Can we ask you what, as you know, as we we're both actresses and started, I started, uh, when did I, well, I I booked Power Rangers when I was 21. So I I say that that's kind of like where my career started because I, you know, I did like small commercials and music videos and stuff like that. And just, from young adulthood into now, you know, I've had some really great things happen and then some not so great things where I'm like, I wanna leave this industry. What was your mm. transition like from a child star into adulthood acting? Like I I hear some so, stories. Yeah. One of the one of the um one of the actors on our show, Blake Foster, he was on Power Rangers as a child, and he was mm. a child, child star. And just to hear his story on how difficult it was transitioning from being a child star into a adulthood so he he really hasn't been acting anymore although that's that's still a passion actually he has an mma fight Join yeah in. he's fighting this i game.
2: actually small enough world i saw that the other day because his coach is a guy i know from jiu-jitsu. Really?
1: Uh,
0: oh, so gooch. i
2: saw and, and is really yeah rob so gooch, i saw yeah. i rob gooch yeah mm-hmm. so i know rob from i think i met rob probably like 12 years ago You know, um, Rob's really good friends with uh, one of my best friends. And so Rob's a cool, really cool dude. And so I saw on Rob's, um, on Rob's Instagram that, and then I clicked on the guy and he, I saw that he was a Power Ranger. That's so yes, cool. You know, yes, yes. So well, best. he looks really good on the pads. I saw some of his videos. He looks really good. He's
1: been working so. so hard. He had to lose like 65 pounds or something because the guy he's fighting is so much smaller than him. So mm-hmm. they had to meet somewhere in the middle. Um, mm-hmm. but, but Mike, wh- who was also on our show, and Power, Rangers. Power Rangers, he is um, a, a seasoned MMA fighter. And this is Blake's first fight. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens? Yeah, and he nice. has, like, very experienced in jujitsu. Um, mm. so, yeah. So, but Blake, I have to say, he's worked so hard. Yeah, he's he like does. live and live and breathe this for the last probably six months. Yeah, he's really yeah, excited awesome. to eat a
0: hamburger
2: after the yeah. fight. Oh man! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. I can't imagine. Yeah, get some good in and out or something. You know. Yeah. But uh, so, but, uh, but yeah, which the the trend. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
0: So the transition from from
2: so. I'm still going through it, you know. Um, it's it's my uh, my my challenge, you know. Um, that that that's been there. I think that like, and I've heard a lot of that with with the Power Rangers. I have a few friends who are Power Rangers, and I know there's like it, that's that own stigma there, which is weird, you know. And I think like I think it's such an interesting thing in this industry because if you look at other industries, if we were in any other industry, you go, oh, 25 years experience like, let's hire the person with 25 years of experience, you know, and I think that's just completely missing with the entertainment industry, and it it personal, and learning, really reminding myself that it's not personal, and it's not people having some axe to grind, that it's just, it is what it is, it is, it is difficult, and I think that I've been fortunate enough to find work as an adult, but it's not, you know, I'm not completely happy where my career is, I'll be honest, and I think it's, you rarely see that with actors are always like, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And like, everything's great, but I'm going to be honest with you because I think, I think honesty is key. I'm not like completely happy. No, like I know I can do more and I will, and I'm on my way to doing it. It's been the, it's longevity. The key to it is patience. I mean, I've been planting seeds over the last 10, 11, 12 years since, you know, really since I started kind of like re because i through high school, I didn't really act as much. And it wasn't really a personal choice as much as, as much as like, you know, I'd love to be like, yeah, you know, I just took a break. I did kind of take a break, but also it was really awkward and I didn't know who I was and I wasn't a good actor because I didn't know who I was. And that's Mm -hmm. the most important thing you can bring to it. But yeah, it's extremely difficult. People put you in a narrow box and they definitely forget, as far as casting goes, they'll forget that they haven't seen you for a long time. And they think you're not right for things when they don't really know who you are currently. But it's like you can either be bitter about things or you can just like work on them. And I think that a lot of people get stubborn in the fact that they worked and something worked for them for a long time, that they're too stubborn to like go take classes or do theater or do stuff that builds their skill set. So I've been really focused on building the things I can control, like my skill set and getting better at that and venturing into other things like producing and writing and really using it as a vehicle for me to get there um, you know, sooner than later. And, uh, I've been pushing and pushing and pushing, and it's always two steps forward, one step back. And it can be extremely frustrating. Great things happen, bad things happen. But at the end of the day, it's like, I'd rather spend my life pursuing something, no matter how hard it gets, I know at the end I will you know, succeed because ultimately this industry and like, you know, entrepreneurship or a lot of other industries, it, um, it rewards it rewards that patient. If you're doing it the right way and you're working hard, it rewards that hard work. So I'd rather spend years pursuing it to get those little things here and there than, than, than try something else. I, um, every time I work, I just did a movie and at the end of the day, I'm like, I get to do this for a living. Like, this is amazing. This is so fun. And to have that high is worth every failed audition because you know, and they're not failed, you know, if you go in there and you do well, they'll remember you for something else. But every time I get to work, it's worth the hundred things that didn't work out. And I know that it will get to a place where I am very happy with how I've, I've left it by, you know, when all is said and done, because I'm going to make it that way, but it just takes a long time. And I have to continue to remind myself to be patient even when I'm like, I've been patient, you know. Yes. Like I'm not perfect. Like I'll tell you this advice right now, and then I'll need to go take that same advice, like at 4:30 p.m. when I'm frustrated or something, you know. But it, I don't know. Anything worth doing is hard. Anything worth doing is almost impossible, actually.
0: Yeah. And I
2: think that you just have to look at it like that. I think Denzel has this whole quote about being undeniable, and I think that's completely true. You know, granted, we're not all as naturally talented as Denzel Washington, you know, but the guy worked hard, also. Like you know, it's like you got to have that that drive and I think like you know being undeniable is one of the best quotes I've heard about it you have to just continue to just work hard and it's 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 hard it's hard to to do that and to keep that motivation going but um if you love something I mean you got to be willing if you love something and a lot of other people are trying to do it you got to be willing to do things they're not willing to do so for me it's like you know, I realized like, oh, I could be better, you know, at this or that, And like, you know, oh, I think that my, I'm getting in the way of me. So I went to a mental strength coach to work on, you know, really uh, taking away those things, transmuting those beliefs that were holding me back. You know, I felt like I was running with a weight vest on now, probably the last six months, I felt like, career wise, I'm not running with that weight vest on anymore. I'm not letting my own things burden, you know, be burdens on, on, on my creativity or, you know, um, my career. So I think that, you know, I know that was long winded, but I think that um, the important thing is to keep going one step at a time. And if you want something, don't play small, play big, because, you know, you can, you're always going to wonder what happened. If you played big, I used to be like, well, it's like, you know, I'm so grateful if I like get this little indie here and there, and now I'm like, you know what? I've worked hard to be really good at this thing. And I am a good actor. And I'm not going to say when people go, are you a good actor? Well, I think so. or anything. No, I'm good at what I do. And there's nothing wrong with saying that. And
1: Absolutely. there's
2: also nothing wrong with dreaming big. And I think that you have to visualize, you have to be specific about it, and then back it up with hard work.
1: Absolutely. You know, I think
2: that's the problem is people dream and they, they don't work hard or they work hard, but they have no depth to how far they'll dream.
1: Yeah. And I
2: think you got to combine the two. And I think you got to have that woo woo manifestation and back it up with hard work, or have that hard work and be able to be creative and be playful about what you do.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, it's cool that we live in a time where we have the ability to create our own work and we have exactly. like, you know, YouTube and things like that to be able to put your own work out there and create your, I mean, Nikia's talked about that too. She wants to produce, she wants to create her own projects because she doesn't want to sit and wait for the, the phone to ring for the next audition. Um, so do you, you said you want to produce, have you produced anything or are you working on anything specifically Um, or are working towards that
2: goal? Um, I, so I produce, I have a few credits on a few different things where I did kind of smaller stuff, but I, um, was an executive producer and, you know, helped a little bit with this, uh, movie, uh, that I was also in called Altitude with Denise Richards and Dolph Lundgren. Um, and it came out, uh, Lionsgate ended up buying it. Um, and so I actually put my own money into that one. That was, and they Uh say never to do that, but it was a good choice because I wanted to, Get myself out there as a producer um and then my coolest thing i did which was really like my project along with one of my good friends was um i did this short uh that was doing the festival circuit before uh the pandemic and it was my one of my favorite playwrights in the world my friend introduced me to her and uh, somehow convinced her to work with me and she's a big broadway playwright she wrote me a short tailored to me And I put my own money into it and I put it on my credit card being like, "Uh, I'll figure out how to pay this off. (laughs) And but this is where the manifestation and the dreaming comes in. I truly believe I'm going to find a way to pay this off because when somebody you act before you second guess yourself. And I really believe that. So like this person who is leagues ahead of me in her career decides to work with me. I'm not going to mess around trying to get financing for a short for a year. I'm not going to do that to that professional. I'm going to show her my professionalism. I put it on my credit card and I went, it's going to work itself out. A week before filming, I booked a show on the Food Network, the worst cooks in America celebrity edition. And that paid for my short.
1: I love it. I love it. So,
2: you know, uh, and that was something I'm really proud of. It's called Date. Uh, It's on Date. Date. It's on Vimeo. Uh, there's, It's on, you can find it on there. Um, and it was a really great experience. I worked with her and I worked with my friend who had won the Oscar the year before for uh, his short called Skin. And so I was working with great people and it was great dialogue. And yeah, I put my own money into it and made it happen and it, it did the you know festivals. People liked it. It's kind of controversial. Actually, it's pretty controversial. Um, and it was a really good experience for me. And I grew so much as an actor. So I made that happen and that was a huge win for me. Yeah. And then, and then I wrote something recently that, um, I'm working with a production company on, um, and that's really emotionally very close to my heart. And I'm very excited for people to see that. I am sure we're going to find a home for it on TV and, uh, you, will, uh, you I think you guys will really dig it, especially your background. You will really, you'll dig the show.
0: Oh. <laughs> it's a Power Rangers show. It's a Power Rangers show. <laughs> We're all spandex. But let's, yeah. talk, let's talk briefly before, before we get to our end, because we've had you here for a while. You have um, gotten involved in philanthropy, um, Cancer Research Foundation, Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, the Starlight Children's Foundation. What led you to get involved in philanthropy?
2: I think the more you do as an actor, like you, you see a lot of these opportunities, not like I'm like, you know, this person is like, I'm gonna, you know, and I did, I've gone and found some of these opportunities, but a lot of them, you know, do present themselves. And when you have the opportunity to do the right thing, like you do it. I don't know. I just feel like that, you know? And I think that like, I'm really lucky that I get to get involved with these things because uh, sometimes they reach out or sometimes I see something I like and I want to get involved with it. But I wouldn't have the awareness or opportunity without my career to maybe do it on um, such, such a, you know, scale, which is still, you know, relatively small, but it, I've had the opportunity to, to see things and be like, I want to be involved. Um, And so that's one of the great things that comes out of uh, having a career is, you know, you have somewhat of a platform Mm -hmm. um, to do the right thing if you so choose. And so if I see opportunities, that I have to go out both, either they come to me or I have to go out and seek them. I want to do the right thing. That's just who I am. And um, I like, I think that I'm so lucky for everything I have. On my worst day, it's poorly, not poor me. I'll allow myself to feel poorly, but I will never feel bad for myself because I have so much to be happy about Mm -hmm. that I know that's not the case with a lot of people. And I'm very grateful for my health very grateful for you know the circumstances in which I was raised and if I can help anybody out like I think that's a pretty easy yes for me you know
1: Aww. I like that that's I
0: have awesome. a final question but do you yes. have any no more questions? go ahead please my final question darling question of the day question <laughs> of the day if you could go back to your younger self and give yourself advice what would you give yourself what would you tell yourself
2: uh, i mean it's still something i'm working on but don't care about what other people think about you you're a good you're a good kid you're a good kid and you don't have to be perfect i had this thing where i felt like and i think as a young performer you can relate so many people you grow up with or have seen or other people have seen have been have had problems and considered a, a train wreck or whatever so other people tell you don't do this or don't be like this person or Make sure you don't make this mistake because it can hurt your career. And we get so involved with that and so internal about our careers and messing up something that's good. Once we get something, you get something like Power Rangers or you get something like the the work I've done and you realize how lucky you are. You don't want to mess it up that you, you feel pressured to be perfect. And I would tell myself that you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect at all. That you're good as is. Uh, you're good enough. And um, to follow, you know, your internal compass because you have always wanted to what's good for the world and to not feel that pressure uh easier said than done but I wish I could tell myself that uh at a younger age it's still definitely a battle for me because I want to do the right thing and I want to have the career I know I can have and I want to not mess up and I want to be good to others but ultimately you could be the best person in the world and there are going to be people who don't like you or don't agree with what you're doing and so it's been a process getting better at that, but I would definitely like to have started that earlier. And I think I would have listened coming from future me, maybe more than a therapist or my parents. You know, So right. I was like, oh, wow, that's me in the future. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to worry about it. I think like i probably listened a little more, you know, of course I listen to my parents and my therapist or what you know, and I was lucky to do therapy at a young age. And I think that's important um, if you're able to do that. But uh, yeah, it's that that's definitely a journey in itself.
1: I think when you're such a bright light, and you are, you shine mm-hmm. brightly. Um, people want to put a bushel on you, and you just have to keep pushing ahead and and shine brighter. That's what I say. And I'm still, Thank I've you. got a few years on you, Jonathan, and I'm still struggling with that very same thing of worrying what people think. And you just can't, yeah. you can't please everybody. That's that's yeah. the line. You just can't, as much as I
0: try. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wanted to ditto that because I I your struggles are a lot. You know, I'm 46 years old. By the way, your birthday is the day after mine. I'm yeah, October, hey, October.
2: Hey, She's October amazing. 24th. <laughs> October. We yeah. were born the same. Yeah. Yeah. Um
0: we 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 all, you know, 46, close to 50, still deal with things like that, still battling with that, especially in this industry. This industry is the only industry that you can get a PhD in, but it does not guarantee you a a job Mm -hmm. in the industry. Mm -hmm. You can train until your eyes turn blue, but it doesn't guarantee you a job. You know, doctors can go to school forever and, and end up working at a hospital or open up their own practice. It does, you know, acting is something you truly have to, and whenever someone asks me about acting, I said, you have to have thick skin. I'm not going to lie to you. You're going to be told no more than unless you're one of the fortunate ones and you get your first job, your second job that, you know, the first time you audition, you're going to have struggles. You're going to work through self esteem issues. You're, there's so much that goes into this industry. When I go to these conventions and I see, um, you know, I was just at I'm not going to mention names, but I was just at a convention and just to see what I believe the industry has done to some people uh, that they've allowed the industry to do to them. It just breaks my heart. Mm. It breaks my heart. I just feel like you have to have thick skin. You have to know who you are. And if you don't, you can keep trying to discover that, but you really Mm. have to have thick skin Mm. in this industry.
1: Mm -hmm. And
2: outlets. I think that's, I mean, part of the reason I do martial arts is it is tangible where like the industry isn't, I can become the best actor in the world. Doesn't guarantee work with martial arts, I go and I show up and I visibly get better. And that's like a tangible thing in my life. Something I've control over. The more I train, the better I get. I don't train as much. I'm not going to get as better. You know, I'm not going to get much better, but like, um, I think having that, like, if you're in something that you can't control, you got to have something in your life that you can, or something that brings you joy that isn't up to other people.
0: Yes, exactly. That's That's why I'm doing producing. So yeah. Before we let you go, what project would you like to share? I know we were talking earlier. You've done a movie that you wanted to share. Um, with a yeah, I did, a,
2: I did a fun one. If you're into like thriller horror type stuff, it's called Broil. It's on Amazon. Uh, it was a blast to make. I am a uh, killer chef. I kill people and I cook food. It's great.
0: Ooh. Uh, <laughs> Todd,
2: I, it's Todd. a fun one. It's very weird yeah. movie. It's a very weird movie. If you like weird movies that are thriller-esque, uh, check it out then you'll get to see me doing what I do now.
1: And uh, where can our listeners find you on social media? Or do you have a website? What would you...
2: I have an Instagram and a fan Facebook. I don't have um, a personal Facebook anymore. Um, You know, I think going into the world's a crazy place right now, I didn't want that in my life. And I didn't want Twitter anymore because I think it's a negative headspace. So I have Instagram where you can see pictures of positive things like martial arts and my dog. Uh, you know, uh, in my Instagram is Jonathan Lipnicki and my fan Facebook is Jonathan Lipnicki.
1: Perfect. And you'll see
2: both are verified. So you'll know it's me.
1: Yes. Perfect. perfect. And we, and I will, I follow him and she will follow you too. Yes. Um, so you can, okay. follow him if you look at, I'll unread. follow you back. Yes.
0: <laughs> Jonathan, thank you so <laughs> much. Thank, thank you so, so
1: much. much. So you awesome so much. Demon. Very grateful. Thank you for giving your time to us today.
2: Thanks for having me, and I'm grateful we met at the convention. I'm grateful we met right now. Um, (laughs) Thanks for having me.